Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. morning comes to us from John's gospel, the 10th chapter, beginning in verse 11. Hear now God's word. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. Again, the Jews were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and is out of his mind. Why listen to him? Others were saying, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, indeed. Let us pray. Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning once again. I'm Pastor Corey, and it is such a gift to be with you today as we continue our I Am series from the Gospel of John. As we move toward the season of Lent, we are studying Jesus' seven unique I am statements. And so far, we've explored Jesus' proclamations, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. And today, we are going to consider Jesus' statement in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. Last Sunday, Pastor Adam explained the metaphorical distance that can seem to creep in when we read this passage and the surrounding passages, like the preceding declaration that Jesus is the door or gate of the sheep. We needed some context to learn what exactly that means. Echoing what Pastor Adam said, we don't know, we aren't familiar with the shepherding way of life. Pastor Adam had to travel all the way to the Holy Land to get a tangible sense of what was commonplace among those who were there that day, the Pharisees, the disciples, the crowd. I was so grateful for the pictures that Pastor Adam used to begin to illustrate, to contextualize the scripture for us, bringing it to life in a new way. For us to actually begin to visualize, to see the shepherd laying in the open doorway of the Finston area where the sheep are kept safe from predators, from thieves, from bandits. And I want to point out this because 
I think this happens a lot when we're reading scripture. Our eyes begin to kind of glaze over when we read these stories and these passages and we don't understand the metaphors or the cultural references that frame the story. I mean, I can only watch a foreign language film without subtitles for so long without giving up. And that's how it can feel sometimes when we enter in to this word, this Bible. We can become defeated reading it. So quickly put it down because we feel some kind of shame. Maybe I'm not smart enough or maybe I'm not spiritually mature enough to really understand what's happening here. And then we hear things like, well, everything you need to know is right here in this book. But if we can't get a handle on understanding so much of it, that can be intimidating, so intimidating that we abandon our pursuit of it. I once heard a professor in seminary quote another theologian who said, the Bible isn't boring, you are. And I honestly felt such a sense of guilt around that because there's been plenty of times when I've been reading a passage and because of lack of context or repetitiveness or because my wandering mind just won't turn off that I can't get into the word. And that feeling, the Bible isn't boring, Corey, you are. That assertion has led to a lot of self-doubt and fear about what kind of disciple I am. And I have a feeling I'm not alone here. I hope I'm not alone here. You may resonate with some or all, or perhaps you're lucky in none of it. I love the passage from Acts when the Ethiopian eunuch so desperately in the depth of his soul, he traveled so far, he wants to know what these words mean for his life. And we have this exchange between he and Philip. The passage says, the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I? Unless someone guides me. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Because the Bible isn't boring. The Bible is riveting. The Bible is a story that reveals to us who we are because of whose we are. The Bible tells us our purpose as creatures created by a loving God. And the Bible tells us exactly who this loving God is and how we might know that God through the person and work of Jesus Christ. That is not boring. That is everything. That's soul-inspiring. That's life-giving. And this passage today from John 10 tells us one way we know Jesus, as the good shepherd. And so our challenge when we are so culturally distanced from this metaphor is to gather in community wherever we are and to imagine and reflect together what's at stake here. What does this good news mean for me today? How might this proclamation, I am the good shepherd, transform us as metaphorical sheep. As we dive into this passage, if we open ourselves to receive it, I believe the Spirit will reveal that Jesus, as the Good Shepherd, desperately wants to know us and be known by us. This isn't a secret or a mystery. This is a promise we can cling to and an anchor we can hold on to. My prayer this week and this morning is that Jesus might be known to you and by you as the good shepherd and that our reliance upon God and our love of God might be deepened 
that our faith might be strengthened, and that our purpose might be enlivened in knowing this good shepherd. Jesus declares in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Tradition does us a bit of a favor here. If we think about biblical passages that are quite familiar, many of us, of course, would be able to recite along with someone or with deep intimacy the words of Psalm 23. Maybe you have them memorized, but maybe you don't. So I invite anyone, wherever you are, to join in with me in reciting these words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Eugene Peterson, in his message translation, interprets the passage as God, my shepherd. I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk by my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Psalm 23 gives us a portrait of this imagery Jesus is summoning up within us in John 10. When he refers to himself as the good shepherd. A shepherd takes care of the sheep providing all those things we need, food, water, rest, protection. And some things we think less about. The shepherd provides redirection when we're going in the wrong way, when we're headed towards a cliff we're unaware of or a threat we can't see. The shepherd provides companionship, especially when we're going through it. Shepherds don't leave like hired hands when danger or suffering loom. The shepherd stays with us no matter the cost. Looking at John's passage, that's actually what makes a shepherd a good shepherd. One who provides for the sheep in every way, even if it costs the shepherd his own life. A shepherd's presence provides security the crook of that staff, it should make us feel safe that Jesus can extend that love towards us to redirect and pull us back from our sinfulness, our brokenness. And this is my favorite. The, sheep, or the shepherd anoints the sheep with oil. Some of us may read this and think that the metaphors of religion and livestock are beginning to blend, but they're not. Shepherds actually covered the sheep's heads with oil, quite literally for several reasons. The first 
rams would fight by running towards each other and striking one another with their horns. And so the shepherd's intention was to douse the horns and heads with enough oil so that when they hit one another, they'd slide off and not cause harm to each other. Some of us might be thinking, whew, there's not enough oil in the world for us sheep. The other reason was that flies or insects would swarm around the sheep's heads and one, just annoy the heck out of them and grip their constant attention. Or two, these insects would occasionally embed themselves in the sheep's nostrils or their eyes, causing severe infection or discomfort. The ailment would consume the sheep and they'd inflict even more harm on themselves, trying to find some relief by grinding their heads into the ground, leading at times to their death either by infection or self-inflicted harm. You see how important this oil is, this balm of protection, this balm of functionality. That's just one picture of this love that the good shepherd has for the sheep. That's the kind of love Jesus has for us. And if someone has this kind of interest in me, something within me is stirred to know where that shepherd is at all times. Something within me is stirred to know the sound of that shepherd's voice so that I can always be in his presence. Babies are born with the cognitive instinct to be near their caretakers because they know it means protection, food, warmth, companionship. That never leaves us. In our inmost hearts, we long to be close to the one who knows us most deeply. And the good shepherd also knows so much more than we do. So we surrender to the shepherd's wisdom for our own lives and for the ones that Jesus describes when he says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold and I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Some scholars suggest here that Jesus is speaking to the disciples, to the Pharisees, to the crowd gathered there mostly Jewish, and the other sheep are the Gentiles to whom we know this good news will spread, thanks be to God, and who will then be brought into this fold by the Spirit's revelation. And these words speak to us today. The Spirit is always moving ahead of us in ways that we cannot imagine. We know this passage will be fully Realized in many ways when Jesus does indeed lay down his life as he's crucified and will indeed have the power to take up his life again through his resurrection. But we see Jesus's proclamation that he is both the door of the sheep and the good shepherd in the scene in the garden in John 18, where the disciples have come with Jesus and as Judas arrives with the police from the chief priests and Pharisees to condemn Jesus, Jesus steps forward from the disciples and embodies those statements, I am the door of the sheep, standing between the disciples and the threat, protecting them. And also, I am the good shepherd, laying down his life, giving up his life for those who now stand behind him. The good shepherd never harasses 
never threatens the sheep in an effort to coerce them. His actions, his care, they're always done out of love. In fact, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. There are so many facets to who this good shepherd is, so many ways to know him. One last thing. I've never taken kindly to being called dumb or stupid. And we know the reputation sheep have. Pastor Adam jokingly referenced it last week. We often say this in jest, and I'm always happy to join in on a great joke. But I love what Professor Roberta Bondi says about the common interpretation of sheep. She says, contemporary interpretation of the Bible's sheep stories need to balance its characteristic talk about how stupid sheep are with the economic reality that sheep were the primary life source for the people, God's gift of sustenance for the people. Christ likens us to sheep, not because he expects us to be vapid, but because he counts us as deeply valued. We are valued. We are known by the good shepherd. We are nourished. We are cared for. We are anointed. We are sacrificed for. We are raised up. We are loved beyond measure by this one who is fierce, yet gentle, selfless, yet strong, mysterious, and yet known. May you hear his voice today. May you feel the safety of his presence. And may you be directed by his wisdom. Let us pray. I believe I need a shepherd because I am sometimes timid and other times overconfident because I often don't know the best path yet pretend I do because I rush into dead ends or lead others into hazardous places because my brightest ideas are seamed with darkness Because the things I crave may not be what is good for me. I need a shepherd. I believe in Jesus, the best possible shepherd. His wisdom leads me to the best opportunities. His word comforts me when I'm anxious or afraid. His arm steadies me when I feel weary and heavy laden. His wounded body displays the cost of my rescue. I believe in Jesus, the best possible shepherd. I believe that I do not find him, but he finds me. That under his care, by virtue of sheer grace, the love he gives me is to be shared with others. That he treasures my name and prepares a place for me. That his fold transfixes earth and heaven. I trust Jesus, the good shepherd. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.